Hi, Barney here. Welcome to Loco Ludus. I think this episode is going to be a bit higgledy-piggledy because I just really want to get a few thoughts out, make a little episode, really. Of course, always having something to do with game modding, DIY, homebrew and so on. Um, because I wanted to reflect a little bit on... Uh, the last episode, the interview with Chris McDowell, which was um, really, really great. And I, um, there's one thing in particular that he that he talked about, which I, I can't say I wasn't aware of or sensitised to, but but not enough, I feel. And um, and I didn't quite, um. I didn't quite give justice to it, I feel, in su- in supporting Chris in what he was saying. I think it's a really, really nice, great, interesting point. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, also, the next episode is going to be another interview, which I'm also really chuffed to have done. It's with Andy Chambers, the... Uh, one of the designers of the Warlord Games 2000 AD skirmish games. So, so far, Strontium Dog, and soon, very soon, end of November, uh, a Judge Dread iteration. And that, again, is about an hour, and that takes us then, of course, in the kind of a, a dip into the war games realm. And that was that was just really great to do. So, um, having had the chance to talk to to Chris uh, last episode and to be able to put out an interview with Andy in the next one is just great. And also to know that there are a couple of other people coming up too, um, which are all just it's very exciting. Also, I... It's Monday and... On Saturday, I ran uh, another Into the Odd one-shot, and I thought I'd talk a little bit about that. And last night... Oh, it's Tuesday. Sorry, it's Tuesday. I'm forgetting the days. Um, last night, I took part in a in my first Roll20 online game, which was GM'd by Pete of Dragons Are Real, and the other players were Spencer, Jason, and Ian. And that was that was really enjoyable and uh, illuminating uh, to see how Roll20 went. And the players were all really relaxed, and Pete too, and he had a really nice handling of everything and um you know there were little blips here and there um certainly on my part and um and he just rolled with those the um was also good fun because it was an icrpg game um an aliens game and uh, so that was that was really nice too to get stuck into that system which which I've only had the opportunity to to read through. Um, and that, of course, uh, is ICRPG is written by 
uh, hankering furry nail uh, who has the uh, wonderful rune hammer uh, brand and a very lively YouTube uh, channel which um, I've really really got a lot out of over the last whatever it is year or so since I came across it so much so much good interesting thought provoking and funny stuff there with him so so that was really nice to play ICRPG last night um the 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 philosophical conundrum that i feel i'm facing is is how you end a game satisfactorily because i feel like you get the high point you know midway or if if you like in 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 a role play game you know the, the doing deep in the doing is where it's most exciting and and i haven't I haven't I I don't feel I've been able yet to make the ending the endings of the of the the one shots I've been doing have I suppose as much of that um, as much of that midway feeling as I would like. Maybe it's not possible. I don't know any thoughts from anyone about that I'd be very grateful for. The the the, the Roll Twenty ICRPG Aliens game was, was really helpful for that for me. Uh, it was a kind of to and fro, I suppose, or a there and back uh game. So, you know, it ended the aim the end aim was back to where you started and of course that's a you know that's a very standard type of structure and you know that felt satisfying especially because my character uh died in the last round um in some kind of uh heroic effort uh to to save everyone else but of course all of the other players were heroically trying to stop me from dying. So um, there was heroism splattered all over it. Um, but that was really nice. It was really nice to uh, to to end the game on that note, I felt. Uh, very good fun. Um, with my game on Saturday night of Into the Odd, or Electric Bastion Land, whatever it is, I'm doing some kind of hybrid of the two, which makes all perfect sense. Um that was the first game I've run, even played at, at my local game shop. So I've I've been going to different settings uh, with the games lately, and that's really nice to see what it's like in those in in these different situations. So there was it was there were spaces for six people, six people came, um, and there's a break in the middle of the evening that the 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 shop you know structures i suppose a little you know moment for socializing uh go to the toilet of course and then to eat and drink a little something too um i was really conscious that when everyone got back after the break they were really knackered 
or the tiredness started to emerge and people were kind of hungry thinking about when they're going to get home blah blah blah, 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 something like that which having left the game at a kind of a cliffhanger beforehand felt a bit like a mistake I suppose that made me think well the 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 one shots I've played before were about three hours, maybe a little bit more. And that is how much we had played beforehand, before the break. So my feeling is, don't have a break, don't play for so long, keep it short and sweet. And I've heard many, many people saying uh, similar things to that effect too. So I'm I'm all with that. Um, but I, But I wanted to fit into the format of the games evening. So... That was an interesting thing to think of, uh, you know, by comparison to having run a game at a convention and then a, a semi-private um, gaming weekend. Um, also, with with that adventure, I I was tried made something up and I was trying different things, and although it basically worked there were some things that didn't quite work i mean a funny thing for example was that um i'd set up a situation where the players would be able to steal a lorry um you know and not only travel with it but possibly use it to kind of sneak in to where they wanted to go to um and that there was another vehicle also available to them. And I thought, you know, if you're forcing, forcing, <laughs> if you're encouraging or demanding, whatever, demanding, forcing, ah, if the adventure leads the players to somewhere that isn't where they are um, and they need to travel, I thought a lorry and a bike, motorbike, would be... Uh, uh, would be right in front of their noses would be pretty would be pretty good instead they decided to uh take public transport so that kind of threw me a little bit um we got there in the end and in a sense it didn't make that much difference but um you know if, in this in terms of this topic of planning and so on um that was one of those moments where you feel like oh i've overplanned on that one pathway and completely underplanned on the other but no biggie no biggie either the other thing was i tried to have some opponents some characters who shifted state and i was trying to i was trying to make the the state flipping uh not equal that is to say in the one state there were two states and in the one state the dexterity was higher than the other and to transform they had to pass a dexterity test so i really like that idea i really like that idea but unfortunately the these creatures didn't quite um work uh in that way also i 
I decided that they would attack individually. And I think that didn't quite work. So I think they would possibly work much better if they um, if they attacked in, in small groups. Um, I also set a couple of tasks that... I don't want to say they were impossible, but I think they were slightly prohibitive. And then I kind of pegged... I kind of pegged them performing and succeeding in those challenges in order to uncover certain things. Um, yeah. Um, I also tried a, I, I tried a 48-hour countdown and um, it, it worked fine. I think somehow the group weren't that bothered. So maybe, maybe it needs to be slightly shorter. You know, a, a, a more anxiety-inducing time frame, a shorter time frame. Anyway, um, so Chris McDowell's point in the interview last episode... So, 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 so I want to really underline how interesting and valuable I think this point is. And partly to apologise for not, not, not being clear enough with that idea when I spoke to him. So Chris makes this point that he wanted with, with Into the Odd to get away from a, a pseudo-medieval fantasy setting because he says very clearly our, 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 our relationship to medieval life is completely different. But if he sets, or if one is to set something in a recent industrial age, which is what Chris does with Bastion Land, electric, steam, diesel or whatever age, um, it's got some familiarity to it. And he says that that then becomes the the means to make the weirdness and the oddness stand out and do its thing. Now, in the discussion, I talk about... Uh, a recent hack of Into the Odd by Jason uh, Tocci called Agents of the Odd, which I think is great. I think it's really nice. And I and I say to Chris, oh, yeah, in Jason's Agents of the Odd, you've got you've got the the oddness existing almost at a completely esoteric and hidden level in society, apart from in these these teams of agents or secret uh, societies or uh, secret activities going on. So there's a kind of normal everyday world and then this hidden uh, level of strangeness, which, of course, we know from many, 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 many things um, and something like, I don't know, yeah, the X-Files or... Uh, 
yeah, the X Files is perhaps the the most balanced between a, some kind of normality and some uh, behind the scenes strangeness or cover up or those kinds of things. Um, so I talk about that and I say that whereas whereas in in Chris's work the the weirdness is 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 always there it's it kind of becomes hidden in in Jason's iteration of it and of course I should add that there are loads of other hacks of into the odd you know Chris has really triggered something amazing there so there would be lots of other games that possibly do a similar kind of thing um um and 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 Chris says yeah well it's it's the oddness isn't totally everywhere it's it's this issue of setting it in a in a familiar time frame that nev- nevertheless is at some distance uh, of time and then to to let the oddness stand out in that way so so he talks about how he's already very neatly consciously and successfully developed that strategized that or um conceived of that um and and that on listening back to it when i was preparing the episode that really just hit me that that is such a such a nice move to 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 bring the the gaming world to the right uh distance to the player group depending on what it is you want to do so of course that could be into the future it could be tomorrow it could be uh millions of years away etc etc but also into the into the past and then how that perhaps um starts to impact or shape how the fantastical elements can can operate so i'm sorry to chris that i didn't that i didn't even dwell on that a bit more and get him to say a bit more about that and that i that i didn't um yeah really really dig into that enough i think it's a really really um important point i think because for me that's one of the things that really attracts me to into the odd it is that industrial world i do feel some connection with it and it just and it does and and the way that chris has constructed these these um the possibilities in creating uh bastion land that um yeah it's it's because it's because of that that in familiar industrial world that i feel my my uh my ideas my creativity just popping all over the place which i don't so often feel or in such intensity with with other systems um I've had a couple of messages, so I'd like to like to play them. First up is Spencer with with an with his own uh, comment on uh, Chris's work. So here's Spencer. Hey Barney, Spencer here. 
I wanted to thank you for a, a fantastic interview with Chris McDowell. And um, also wanted to echo what you said in your message to me uh, regarding his approach to uh, creating material. And I think it's, it's a real lack of preciousness, I think, about his the settings that he's giving us with both Into the Odd and Electric Bastion Land. What he's essentially presenting us with is a toolkit um, more than anything else and in order for us to create our own fantastic worlds which uh, I think that's what really appeals to me and uh, also wanted to thank you for bringing my attention to My Rules Are Better Tom uh, Barbaletz uh, I think I've said his name right um, podcast um, I think I'm really going to enjoy listening through that back catalogue um, yeah great idea for a podcast anyway take care lack of preciousness I think is a great comment Spencer because also the things that Chris does put on the plate as it were are so brilliant so I can't help but think it's like throwing pearls to swine or something like that I know that we're not swine but this idea of the lack of preciousness, despite the fact that what is being put on offer is really so nice. Um, also then, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that, that Tom Barbelay's My Rules Are Better podcast appeals to you. Um, as I said before, he, um, Tom has... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice, interesting, uh, way that he introduces his, his, and talks through his projects and, um, having been part of them myself, uh, I, it, that's, that's been really nice too. And, and so I, I, I've, I think it's great what what Tom's doing. So absolutely um, glad that's of interest to you. So Spencer, it was great fun to play with you last night and also to play with uh, my next caller. Hello, Jason here from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Just listened to your first three episodes, really enjoyed them. I think for your... Locus Behemoth, probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, I'll give you the mechanic from Unknown Army 2nd Edition. It's kind of like advantage disadvantage, but the idea is if if you have a certain, you know, a, a certain specialty or, or a certain attuity, you can flip your die roll. So in that game, you roll it's a role-playing game, you roll percentile dice. And it would let you, so if you rolled a 15, you could flip the die roll to a 51. So I think that's an interesting mechanic that's not often used. I like you. I enjoy board games, war games, and role-playing games. So I definitely am looking forward to your future episodes and as you explore those different topics more. Um, coming up to a minute, so I'm going to hop off here and leave you another message. So before going to that second message, Jason, that's a really cool mechanic. Very interesting. Uh, and it's it's the ludic Behemoth, but the um, the locust behemoth uh, sounds equally good. Maybe that's its real name. 
So thanks ever so much for that. Um, please, other listeners, do send in an idea for the Ludic Behemoth or two offerings to the Ludic Behemoth. The first one being a game mechanic or component. The second being an underrated character archetype or skill. Uh, Chris uh, McDowell uh, gave some great suggestions, which uh, at this precise moment escaped my memory. And Andy Chambers too has some nice suggestions coming up in the next episode. So um, I'm really interested to see how, I don't know, maybe at Christmas time uh, to take stock of the the different offerings to the Ludic Behemoth and, and seeing what kind of a game uh, would, would hypothetically come out of this um, Frankensteinian combination of... Um, of interesting, interesting ludic elements. As for adaptations or um, hacks or whatever we want to call it, I run Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter in Barbarians Lemoria. I quite like the Barbarians Lemoria system. I have run Colonial Gothic using the ICRPG system. I quite like ICRPG as well. I find it to be a very versatile system. I've done some other stuff, but those are the two recent things. Well, the Captain Cronus game was last year, but but those are the most, you know, recent or serious hacks that I've done, I think. Um, and I, again, I'll, I won't waste your time too much, but like I say, I look forward to your future episode. So Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, the Hammer Horror film. Is that right? Am I right there? Um, great, that sounds amazing. I would love to play that or go back in time and play that. I don't know. What if, what if, uh, what if we were to run... Just tripping over a, a horn there. Um, what if we were to run Hammer-themed games, little mini-campaigns... That would be great fun. I'd love that. So anyone who's up for that, uh, let's let's talk about that more. But fantastic, Jason. That sounds that sounds fab. I will leave. <laughs> is Jason third call? I, I will leave you one final thought. Since you are, you do, yeah. Since you do cover more than board game or RPGs, reference. War Games, I don't know if you've seen the game of Force on Force. It was popular maybe a decade ago. I don't even know if it's still around. But it has an interesting die pool, or ascending dice chain mechanic for the quality of troops. And I, did a, I ran a scenario at a convention with that where it was modern forces. But then I included a horror element where giant ants popped up. They were fighting in an area where nuclear testing had been done years before. And some giant ants popped up and attacked both sides. So that was a adaptation of the system as well. So I'll leave that for you. Again, a very cool suggestion. I'll have to check that out. Sounds like that dice mechanic uh, will be very interesting. Um, dice come up in the discussion with Andy Chambers because the Strontium Dog, the 2000 AD games, Judge Dread games, use... 
uh, very nice custom dice, and uh, I am I am a big custom dice fan, as will come up in the future. So, anything, any interesting dice mechanic systems, especially custom dice, uh, are of great interest to me. So, thanks, Jason. So, thanks, Spencer. Thanks, Jason, for those calls. And it was really nice to play with you both last night. Thanks ever so much. Nice to, nice to interact with you directly. I think, in fact, that's it for this episode. I'm sure there was much, much more that I wanted to talk about. Uh, but, of course, that's great for the future. Um, please uh, check out the next episode with Andy Chambers about 2000 AD skirmish games. Um, that's really good fun. Also, do send in a suggestion for the Ludic Behemoth. A game mechanic or component and an underrated character archetype or skill. And if that doesn't sound board gamey enough, you could twist those to fit how you like. So, um, yeah, that's all for episode four. Thanks very much. Bye.